1: Welcome back. It's another week, another show. Thank you for downloading and pressing play. My guest this week is Logan Benedict. Logan is back. He hasn't been on the show for quite some time, but uh, it was good to reconnect with him and get him back. He's the musical theater, handsome, leading man type, and uh, you will quickly gather that for how we are fawning over him on the show. Now, before we begin, a couple of things. One is, I can't remember if I ever explained this, and I can't remember in the editing if this is in the show or if it got cut because something went wonky with the editing this week. Uh, My problem, operator error, absolutely my fault. But anyway, we mention a character who was either a Citizens of Hollywood character or a convention character. I forget, I think it was a convention character, and the name of this character was Mo Lester. Yeah, this was many years ago, a different time, and it was supposed to be, you know, as in a bothersome, annoying person. Nothing to do with being a child molester or a sexual predator or whatever. So, we do make reference to that a couple of times in this show, and I can't remember if I set it up... And uh, anyhow, I'm setting it up here, now you know. Second important thing is the logo has finally updated. Have you noticed? It took an email to tech support over at Apple Podcasts to say, what is happening? I've changed the logo. I've updated it at Squarespace. Why is it not being found and picked up in the Podcatcher Apple Podcast app? Anyway, the graphic is now there. It should be on all platforms. Um, Stitcher is still being a little bit weird. So um, I'm, I'm calling shenanigans. I don't know. Do you guys use Stitcher? Do you use that uh, app to listen to the show? I'd be really curious to hear your experience. And uh, yeah, write to me. Anyway, next item of business. We have two new tutti Fruities. Woo-hoo! Welcome, Ken S. That's right, Ken S. This is your official shout-out. And we also need to welcome Dr. Stephen S., I say Dr. Steven S. because uh, that may sound familiar, as in Dr. Steve Summers, my good friend, former roommate, and uh, two-time guest on the show. He is so sweet. He became a tutti-frutti, and he is supporting the show every month. And I just saw him the other day, and I said, you're so sweet. You didn't have to do that. And he said, oh, I've been watching ahead. I know what's coming in Seasons 8 and 9. You definitely need some money for what you've got to deal with coming up. (laughs) Anyway, very sweet. Thank you so much, Dr. Steve, and thank you, Ken S. If you wish to be like Dr. Steve and Ken, you can support the show monthly through Patreon. The links are in the show notes and on the webpage. Until then, please join me in welcoming Dr. Steve and Ken to the family. And now, let's move on to this week. Logan Benedict joined me and Matthew in watching Season 7, Episode 14, called 2D Drives, which had an original air date of December 21st, 1985. I think we're ready to jump on in. Let's face the facts with Logan Benedict. Logan Benedict how lovely to see you on my
2: zoom screen welcome here I am again do you remember when you were on the show last I was about to ask you what, what season was I was I I mean I know what season of your show but what season of facts of life was I on uh, one it was three it was three. season oh. three <laughs> <laughs> that was on season three you really crank out these episodes
1: uh, I do. And I, yeah. I don't take a break. And it's only now nearly three years into it that I'm like getting the hint from other podcasts. You know, you could take a break. You know, you could never. <laughs> There's <laughs> not allowed. No. I, I know. But when I started it, I said, this is a four-year commitment. I want to do this every week. And and you and Matthew, you guys know each other. You 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 have met. We've all spent time together at uh, the Citizens of Hollywood trailer. Have we not?
2: Well, we have. Logan. I was in green makeup at the time and doing not alphabet at the time, <laughs> um, but some sort of soldier over there. Yes, yeah. And
0: I was in green plaid, and Logan looks the way he looks. So, yes, I made sure our paths crossed, but <laughs> he didn't seem to, he didn't seem to, he was just like, you know, like when you're like walking along and there's like roadkill in front of you, you
1: just kind of move around it. That's how that path crossing was so. I would never <laughs> treat you like roadkill you didn't have to pinch your nose with your fingers that's no. the that's the thing that he secretly told me was really upsetting to him so um, <laughs> you can work on apologies and reparations later
2: I'll work on that I apologize that's how <laughs> that's how most men react so. holding their noses at you mm. but we're here yeah last you didn't the Last like time you were on general.
0: all you did was talk about your circumcised penis so i'm hoping we can talk
1: more about that
2: <laughs> that's usually I was gonna how i s- start my conversations job interviews all of the above
1: yeah all your self tapes start that way yeah <laughs> my name's you didn't
2: predict i'm six foot four and i'm circumcised
1: <laughs> that is all actually that is all
0: i would need to hear <laughs> maybe like hire him he's in hired
1: but you were last here in September of 2019. It, we are one month
2: shy of two years. Does that feel like it was two years ago? I mean, I think the way things have been going, that time is a construct. I mean, it could be 2025 for all I know. It's, it could have been the future. It could have been a wrinkle in time. Yeah, it could have been a wrinkle in time with Oprah Winfrey.
1: And Mindy Kaling quoting song lyrics. And mm-hmm. yeah. yeah,
2: classic Whew. Disney movie.
1: Yeah: <laughs> But yes, we did talk about the episode was New York, New York," the one where Blair and Joe go to New York City and spend time with their respective friends and realize that their friends are horrible people, and mm-hmm. that they have both become better people. Because it was speaking like when of, I
2: moved to New York.: It was exactly the same story. Yeah was it?: Yeah <laughs> I got lost <laughs> in a bus station. Yeah, no. Nearly became a sex worker. Mm-hmm. like well, Tootie nah, did.: I don't
1: know about nearly. I was re-listening to that last episode. And wow, Logan, we did spend a disproportionate amount of time talking about our dicks.
2: Well, you know, wow. unfortunately, that ends up to being most of my conversations. So I apologize for that. And you know what? Only fans, we can't do um, sexual content anymore. So it's just gonna be it's gonna be like a glorified uh, Patreon, which everyone should join your Patreon, right? Yes, they should, totally. And
1: uh, not going to get any OnlyFans-like content there, I promise you, which I think is a a motivator, in fact.
0: I've offered, and yet the fans have said no.
1: So, (laughs) I mean, you know. So, did you watch the episode? And uh, how interesting was it? Because when we did the previous episode, that was, I believe you said, the first time you really sat down and paid attention to a full episode episode beginning to end have you watched any in between then and now or is this number two this is this is number two
2: so i i sat there this morning with my with my big cup of coffee and i got to watch 2d learn how to drive with your big what's actually really interesting to go from season three to where we are now because the characters are all completely different it's like a different house it seems like is it a different theme song no, oh i mean is it, it's it's yeah, it,
1: rearranged we have as of the beginning of season seven we have changed aesthetics like the show decided it wanted to steer hard into the cultural uh zeitgeist of all the things that are the 80s so at the beginning of this season they had left the school and been running a bakery gourmet food store catering service and uh drug front drug was front. The drug front is <laughs> what was the business called matthew Edna's Edibles slogan, and
0: they were known for Mrs. Garrett's world-famous quiche quote. Yeah. Point, wink, 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 mm-hmm. wink. Yep. So, you
2: weed into anything. Not that I would know. No. <laughs> Hi. I'm only alcohol sober. Anyway. Yep. Call me anything. <laughs> so yeah so
1: this aesthetic this is season seven episode 14 so we are only 14 weeks into this whole we now run this spencer's gifts without the dildos kind of a conceit uh so yeah it's very different they change the theme song it's the same theme song just
2: rearranged well and also it seems like the last time i watched it they were like kids and now it's like watching like designing women Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Well,
1: because everyone in the 80s, when you dress stylishly, mm-hmm. all teenage girls in the 80s look like they're
2: 45. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it too, because I was like, I can't really put my finger on how old they are because they talk about kids stuff, but they all look older than me. And I. Yeah. And I turned 40 in October. So I hope everybody's you... coming to my birthday. Oh, we are so on board for your Thank 40th you. birthday party.
1: So let's get talking about it. Let's get into the episode. Season seven, episode 14, called Tutti Drives. Uh, it broadcast originally on December the 21st of 1985. And, you know, those Christmases, those, those winters in Peekskill, New York, they're, they're very mild, apparently. People don't need coats, not a, I mean, you a speck could, of snow those, on those the hearses, ground.
2: Those hearses have four-wheel drive.
1: yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> no yeah.
2: need to put chains
1: on the wheels of the hearse no uh, it's it's very fascinating how last week we had this big christmas themed show with all the decorations and carols and organ music and shit and that was last week now this week it's like oh yeah yeah it's exteriors of california in the summertime and, yeah tootie learns to drive only natalie wears a coat in the very last scene which by that point you're like why is she even bothering she's never had a coat on the entire rest of the show and no one else is wearing a coat that's very very odd
2: called indicating in our line of business (laughs) indicating the weather in that in that case yeah but this was the 13th episode shot uh,
1: according to a, a production list that uh, a very devoted listener named Harvey C. Hall had sent me, this was supposedly shot in November of 1985, assuming the studio parts, not the exteriors. Those were typically done ahead of time. Uh, but yeah, we're, to me, it looks so California. There is nothing about the exterior shots we get. Uh, that says to me that we are in the Northeast, that we are an hour outside of New York City. uh, And uh, the California surfing music does not
2: help. Would you agree? I I thought it was really good music to have with that driving lesson. I was like, oh, of course. It's the, uh, what song was it? It was uh, Little Uh, Deuce Coop. Yeah, well,
1: there was was multiples. One of them was... um, so Are they it's all in my Beach notes? But it's laser. Uh, they were not. They were um, the Dead Man's Curve. We have yeah, we have Riding Along in an Automobile, which is a Chuck Berry song, and then we have Dead Man's Curve, which is a song by Jan and Dean, and then only at the very end we get Fun 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 by the Beach Boys. Okay,
2: but- uh, they all they I think my brain puts all of those songs as Beach Boys songs
1: yeah they're all the the california surfing 1950s mm-hmm. revolution they're all uh firmly placed in that genre so yeah and it is fun i mean that yeah i fucking love that i i could listen to that music anytime any place i think that that surfing music is just uh, put it underscore anything underscore a funeral with it and <laughs> we almost did today and i'm like i'm oh, in i'm so in yeah so logan benedict Now is the time when we like to put our guest on the spot and ask you if you would provide a one-to-two-sentence synopsis of the entire episode similar to a listing you might find in a TV
2: guide. Tootie is in need of a car. Her friends show her how to drive the car, a yellow Volkswagen, also drove by Ted Bundy. (laughs) But later, we find out that she has to take her test in a hearse. Will she pass? Find out at 8 p.m. on NBC. Is it on Well NBC? done. Which channel was it on? NBC. Oh, I, I was just guessing. Look at me. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Yeah.
1: Well done, sir. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. If they run too long, Matthew does belittle the guests. I don't think you crossed over into that. Matthew, what is your verdict, please, sir?
0: Well, all I had was this episode. Um, Mrs. Garrett has flamingos that are illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Illegal flamingos. That's that's all I got out of this episode. I thought that was only a Florida
2: thing. I was uh, I I was interested to see that happening in New York. So this episode. uh,
1: So thank you for the synopsis. Uh, This story was by Paul Haggis and Stuart Wolpert but the teleplay was by just Paul Haggis. So it's curious what Stuart Wolpert uh, might've contributed, but they are both producers and in the writer's room, they have multiple writing credits behind them and ahead of them as far as the show goes. And we are directed by the wonderful John Boab, the in-house director who has been there forever and will continue to be there for some time. So, uh, yeah, so I think we're, we're ready to, to start getting into it. Are, are we ready to, to start getting into the, the real meat and potatoes of this? Oh, I have all my notes in front of me. Good. Well, I, I want to hear what notes. you have to say as we go along here. Great. Um, our first scene begins with uh, now what is, I think, a standard uh, part of the show. Every episode has to begin with a slow pan across the set with the camera shot landing on our characters at the beginning of the scene. And uh, we get a lovely little smooth jazz intro. It's always the very magic 107.7. Back of in the
2: eighties, that's that was when I really wanted to play a saxophone. That's where I got, I was like really turned on to play a saxophone. Cause mm-hmm. all, it was like the instrument of the eighties and nineties. I believe. Oh, yeah. Saxophones.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that is the, That's the decade when the saxophone became the sexy phone. Let's get real here. Yeah, that's what Uh, I call my cell phone. (laughs) So, um, uh, Tootie is anxious because she is waiting for the mail and the mailman's not there, and it's her learner's permit. It's two days late in arriving, and Tootie is so, so anxious to get her learner's permit so she can learn to drive. Uh, Unfortunately, instead of the mailman arriving at the door, it's Natalie coming home from her latest job, Uh, This is the ongoing plot device, Logan, where Natalie has decided not to go to college. So episode to episode, they are just giving her random jobs of any description. And I think this episode, which by the way, I kind of like this episode. (laughs) Tootie was annoying as fuck. But when it comes down to the nuts and bolts and the comedy of it, and the fact that they are utilizing Natalie and her job situation being so in flux. I actually, uh, in general, uh, I wasn't mad at this episode.
2: So she has a new job every single week. So this week she's at a funeral home. Will she not be at a funeral home next week? Likely not. Last week she was teaching disco to senior citizens at a dance hall. And now one's dead. And then she's... (laughs) Working the with refer- that body at the funeral home this week, and then from there she'll be a grave digger the week after. It it, it evolves. I can yeah, I it. I it's it. true.
1: <laughs> and according to her, her job is she just stands there and greets the bereaved.
2: She's yeah, just I wrote that, more down, of a, that She yeah, greet the bereaved.
1: Yeah, she's That's not like a, she's not painting the faces of corpses or embalming uh, bodies and things like that. So yeah. Uh, but apparently,
0: yet. she's also doing pickups because they do call her later on and ask about making a pickup so the
1: hearse which is amazing. so does a, she-
2: does a hearse also pick up a like a fresh body too? I mean, i I'm confused how that works now. This has got me i down I, a rabbit hole that I didn't I, know I wanted to be a part of
0: if they already dead, they ain't calling an ambulance. <laughs>
1: So Mailman finally does come. Tootie slams the door in his face like a little bitch. And her permit is there. So the big thing, uh, she asks Blair if she can borrow her car. And Blair basically says,
2: go fuck yourself. And also they said the car was $40,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are cars Were cars that much in 1985?
1: Rich people cars were, absolutely.
2: What did Blair drive?
1: Do we know? Doesn't she say it's a like a Ferrari or something like that? But here's the interesting thing. This is a tiny little sort of, it's not really a show Bible moment, but it is a, a consistent issue that I've been having as we've been revisiting these episodes, Logan, is that sometimes Blair has a car, sometimes Blair doesn't have a car. And it seems to me that it is ridiculous that if Blair is so stinking filthy rich, as soon as she turned 16, she should have had a car and should have always had a car. But the TV show often needs them to not have one, so Blair doesn't. They arrived, by the way, the beginning of this season to discover Edna's edibles had burned down, uh, which is what precipitates them rebuilding, renovating, and uh, making the, the new shop. But they all come to Peekskill by train so from New York City. the
2: house with all the girls?
1: But she lives at the house with all the girls but, and all the money troubles, all the money woes. And we say. don't know in the insurance. It's like, Blair, write a fucking check. This is your family.
2: Or get your own studio apartment. Why are you living with like an old lady and a bunch of other like 30-year-old, <laughs> 15-year-olds? That's what and, I want to know.
1: <laughs> and sharing a bedroom with three other girls, by the way. They all four share one bedroom.
2: Yeah. I'd sleep in the $40,000 car, but that's just... Yeah.
1: Her car costs more than all of the renovations and inventory of, oh my God, so right. But anyway, yeah, so Blair is a hard no. And then um, next she asked Joe and Joe's like, I don't have a car, I have a motorcycle. And Tootie's like, you could trade it in. It's like, shut up, you little whiny, needy, demanding bitch. Thank you for calling me that. Oh, okay, you're welcome. Now we know what he likes. Uh, so then, uh, when we get to maybe ask Mrs. Garrett to borrow her VW, and then in comes Mrs. Garrett with Andy, with cute little adorable Andy. We
2: love him, so funny, so talented. Uh, and it turns I like out like his popped collar, too. He had that that like '80s polo pop collar thing going on. That was my jam uh, back in the day. Love his fashion is
1: great. Our dear close personal friend Diana Eden is the costumer for the show, and man, she always had him looking like a million bucks so uh yes a plus for the pop collar uh and there was one week he had two like double pop yeah, collars you're only it was cool like, if you got the double pop collar going. Uh, it's like every every additional pop collar layer ups your coolness factor yeah, it's like, by, a, like
2: you're like a cool onion with all those <laughs> layers of collars
1: but the Mrs. Garrett-Andy B story, uh, as close to a B story as we get, is, uh, as we said earlier, the city council has passed an ordinance banning pink flamingos on front lawns, which, you know, that's a big problem. The week of Christmas in Peekskill, New York, you know, the, the pink flamingo craze in the Northeast. Woo! Uh, okay. And they got to they gotta paint them blue they have a huge inventory. They got to do something. They got to figure out what it's going to be. And yeah. we do have a little interchange of Blair saying that they're trashy, Joe saying that they're uniquely American. And uh, so, yeah, they figure they're just going to paint them blue. That's what the solution is going to be. So, 2D asked Mrs. Garrett, can I borrow your car? And she's like, okay, if you're very careful. And then we're on to, all right, who's going to teach me? Thank God, somebody somewhere in this mix says, why don't you just take driver's ed? like every other fucking student in the whole wide world. And it's what, what does she say? It's like, it's three months away. Like the class doesn't start for three months. She's just impatient. So rather than wait for driver's ed, she wants her, one of her friends, will they teach her? So thankfully that does make sense. Still being an annoying, badgering little, mm, do not like Tootie in this episode. So then we have, oh God, Matthew, Matthew hunker down. You know what's coming. We have the moment where Natalie says, come on, guys, we should support her. Tootie is 16, and there's one thing that 16-year-old girls want more than anything else. Okay, two things that they want more than anything else, and one of them is to get a driver's license. Okay, first of all, thing? is is that a sex joke? Yes, the other one is dick. What? she's
2: 16
1: or the actual oh oh (laughs) so i'm i'm sitting here i'm literally asking you going is there something is it just my filthy mind that's going there the this this trend where we had finally kind of shaken off the sexualization of teenagers or at least teenage girls andy's another story but it's like oh, oh my god Making a a sex thing about a a sixteen-year-old when all of them are allegedly virgins, but we have a problem, huh? Allegedly. Allegedly. Well, yeah,
2: we know mm. Tootie's getting around, and then V Dub. (laughs) Well, Tootie's last name is (laughs) Ramsey, and George Clooney
1: is a cast member. Just saying, he's not in this week's show, which is too bad.
2: How long is he on the show for?
1: Um. As better... long as he wants to be. <laughs> Does he uh, the have a better...
2: Caesar cut as well? Remember that? No, he's are... got a
1: mullet. No. Oh. Full Clooney mullet. He's so goddamn hot and the bulge in his pants. I know you'll mm. really be interested in that, Logan. <laughs> you know,
2: um, I want to see his only fans. <laughs> he doesn't but the... really need it anymore.
1: No, he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, but the problem here is Matthew, hunker down. Tootie is said by Natalie to be 16 years old. And no, incorrect. I'm sorry, thank you for playing. We have some lovely parting gifts for you. Wrong, wrong, fucking no. Buckle down,
0: Logan. David's gonna have a, a Karen style meltdown over the girl's
1: ages here for about 20 minutes. <laughs> He's always
2: struck me as a Karen
1: oh my i got rid of the asymmetrical haircut uh, about three weeks ago um really it's simply 2d is not 16 2d is supposed to be 17 right now based upon the tracking of the ages throughout the series which i have done at great length in extreme detail i thought we had finally landed on where the girls were supposed to be Here's the deal. Natalie is 18. Natalie is now a high school graduate in her first year out of high school as a working adult. Natalie is 18 and Tootie was a year behind her in school. Always. They were always one year apart. Now suddenly, Tootie, who had originally been labeled as 12 in season one, so... uh, I'm just saying that right now that we already took a year away from Tootie in season four. So did COVID. COVID took a year away from me too.
2: So I understand how that feels, Tootie.
1: But I'm just want to remind everybody, Tootie was 12 years old in season one. Now we are six years later. Tootie should theoretically be 18. They took a year away from her in um season four. Putting her at 17, which is perfectly good and right for a high school senior. She graduates high school at the end of this season. So I just want to say, I just want to go on record saying that, yeah, one does pursue a driver's license when one is 16. Tootie is not 16. Going by season one, she should be 18. Going by season four, she should be 17. But now we have through some just. Damn it! Show Bible not being adhered to, not existing. 2D has now lost a year. Tootie is now sixteen, and I'm not sure I'm ever going to fully recover.
2: I, 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 I think you should quit the podcast. That's it. <laughs> Throw your hands up in the air. Tootie's the wrong age. Now's the time. I mean,
0: you've tracked it to. I mean, Eisenhower used less chalk planning D-Day <laughs> than you have used tracking these girls ages David
1: oh and, I mean bless. I've
0: often thought you know what Matthew you're the only person that really likes Hello Dolly that much but like you're the only person that likes Ethel Merman that much you're the only person that likes Carol Channing that much what is it like David to be the only person that actually gives a shit about these <laughs> girls ages like on the planet and I'm saying this out of respect and love like what is it like to be the one person that gives a
1: shit about these girls ages I feel like this is a service I'm doing for the, oh. for the greater planet at large, for people to understand the importance of integrity and show Bibles. Well, and,
2: and by all means. <laughs> yeah, at Disney, they would have a character uh, integrity book. So it's uh-huh. almost like the facts of life isn't at the same standards that the Walt Disney Company is mm-hmm. and not at this current moment. Mm-hmm. I
0: think this is what's kept it off of Disney plus and any streaming platforms, David. <laughs> I agree. I can't agree what the ages
2: are of these girls. Yeah. It's yeah. They it's, haven't seen uh, the charts yet.
1: It's uh, yeah. So it's pretty upsetting and we're in season seven right now. When does Jeff come back into Tootie's life? Is it next season or, I mean, I know he rematerializes in that Valentine's day show next year is that when Tootie starts seeing jeff again this is an ex-boyfriend of hers logan that by season 9 Tootie is engaged to jeff it's like not she, george clooney and it's not george clooney no it's jeff no. uh so okay. jeff if he comes back into her life next year it's that sitcom thing of oh so a guy you're dating when you're 17 is the guy you're gonna marry
2: Uh, But she'll be fourteen in the next episode because she'll be going back in time again. Yeah, (laughs) according to the chart. uh, Yeah, math we're doing here. And is it Blair that has that rock and mullet? I mean, did she always have that mullet? Joe's the one with the mullet. Joe, sorry, I get Blair and Joe
1: mixed up. Yeah, well, they are a couple, you know. (laughs) Matter of fact, uh, if they had a if they had a ship name, you know, like a Brangelina name, I believe they would be called Blow. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that face. That's some Top Gun comedy right there. <laughs> I can't believe it's never that joke has never occurred to me before. That's crazy. Keep it in your head. Anyway, um, so that's all we need to go into about 2D's age, except I do have to make this one more point. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I don't. I just love to see Matthew's face. <laughs> I wish I could share the visuals. I wish I could. So then we move in the next scene to the garage. We've never seen the garage here at the house, and, and have uh, we
0: still? Have we? I mean, have we still seen it? I mean, really, it's just basically a wall behind them.
1: I mean, this
2: isn't there like three walls. Self-tape kind of, studio with the garage door in the background.
1: It does look yeah. like that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so they're in Mrs. Garrett's car in the garage we have to stop show bible moment oh god how old how old is she now no it's not the age no 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 age
2: between scenes
1: no 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 it is about mrs garrett's car so mrs garrett first of all the fact that it's a vw ding good correct show bible moment that it is yellow ding correct show bible moment however in season four episode 14 entitled under pressure That's the episode where Blair goes to the bank to help Mrs. Garrett uh, run an errand to go to the bank and find out what happened with her car payment. And again, rich bitch Blair doesn't have her own goddamn car. So she goes in Mrs. Garrett's car and through running the errand to help alleviate Mrs. Garrett's stress, the car gets stolen. And so it's like, whoa, wacky.
2: That's more stressful. Wacky stuff here. So. That's where she bought the $40,000 car. Putting, Apparently so. Together.
1: She's like yeah. tired of Mrs. Garrett complaining about it. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. It is stated to the police when they come in to file the report about the stolen car. They refer to it as a 75 Volkswagen yellow convertible. Convertible. Place down. <laughs> And at the time I was analyzing the episode, I couldn't help but refer back to season three, episode 22, The Academy, when all of the girls went to a cotillion at the academy that they were attempting to make a spinoff of. And Blair ends up going out into the car with a boy where they kind of want to be doing a little smooching. And the car is clearly either white or light blue. It is not yellow and it is not a convertible. So maybe sometime between 1982 and 1983, Mrs. Garrett traded in her non-convertible white VW bug for a convertible yellow one. But I'm not sure that she would have traded in that one now to be a non-convertible 1975. I'm just saying
2: paint it yellow to adhere to the local county pink flamingo rules oh no you might be right right. you you might be very right there
1: yes so but i just want to go and say that the issue of the, the good thing is that they have stuck to the fact that mrs garrett has a vw bug that is good and right and true and well in the facts of life cinematic universe or as we call it the folk you uh but in this case we do have a discrepancy where this car could and should be a convertible but it is not so you know
2: just i'm surprised they continued filming david i'm honestly Uh... as i mentioned earlier too at the same time in history everybody around the pacific northwest where i was born was searching for a yellow volkswagen bug because it was what ted bundy was using to terrorize the seattle area I did not realize that Volkswagen bug.
1: So not only was it a drug front of Edna's edibles, she was also driving cross country and disguising herself
2: and picking up college girls. And wow, this is Garrett's
1: rap sheet continues to grow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so that's the issue with the car. We can, could we, could we move on please guys? Can, can please. Can we keep moving? Can we, can we drop this? guys, please. I think it's
0: a great montage of all the comedic talents of the girls. This, I mean, you know, other than Tootie. Oh! (laughs) Like Natalie doing the reading the rules, Joe listing the car parts, and Blair with the doohickeys and everything. And um, to this day, whenever I'm in a car and I think about it, I always go, look to the left, look to the right,
2: look to the left, look to the right, look to the left, look to the right. right. (laughs) I thought that the, the, what's the boy's name again? Andy. I thought Andy's sign drawing skills were pretty amazing. I thought they were actual signs that he stole from the street. Yeah. He made these little miniature replicas of signs. He couldn't just show them to her
1: uh, in the book where there's clearly photographs of them, but he made signs. And the punchline of this bit is, you know, this means stop. That means yield. This means this. And then it's the slippery when wet uh, icon there. And Tootie says, caution there are snakes following your car <laughs> that was a i laughed out loud at that actually, i actually did laugh at that i thought that was a good one that was funny and then his response is is that what that means very honest very earnest they couldn't have
0: him show her the sign that says slow children at play
1: oh <laughs> <laughs> let's let's not oh wow <laughs> i i'm not going to touch that with a 10-foot pole Meaning Logan's. Uh, So finally, Tootie has had it because none of these has gotten her to the point where she's actually been able to drive the car and leave the garage. And Tootie's justified uh, frustration has the act ending with Tootie peeling out. And then we see a lovely, again, exterior shot of clearly a residential street in Los Angeles. And the car zips by from right to left. And then uh, a very interesting narrative device that we've never, ever done before in this show. We have a newspaper headline spin into view with a photo of Tootie with a look of horror on her face. And it says in the headline, Tootie fails. And then we see the car drive back the other way. And with that, we go to commercial. Tragedy has strucken.
0: I thought the t- I thought the newspaper was going to spin in and say Tootie is 17.
1: <laughs> oh, I oh bless. So, uh, Logan, during commercial break last time we talked a bit about your life, about your background, your your musical theater, uh your studying in the northeast, you're being from the northwest. Uh, how about we talk a little teeny tiny bit about your more recent role of being a, uh, oh God, it's this terrible. I don't know the technical word. Are you a representative for Actors' Equity, the Actors' uh, Union? No,
2: I am a, the, the Actors' Equity Eastern Counselor-at-Large. Okay, which was so, an elected position? Yeah, I was elected uh, just over a year ago. Jesus,
0: uh-huh. that's worse than a fucking drag pageant, for God's sake. It's like, <laughs> I am miss Florida elite at-large, Mississippi- <laughs> eastern quadrant (laughs)
1: fi impersonator uh, miss miss northeast western central florida yeah
2: yeah well and i i I try to represent everyone in that but uh mostly we the disney people have never had a a representative or a person working here at the same time Mm -hmm. uh, even though i'm still laid off or let go but Mm -hmm. um i know the agreement uh, better than anybody, and Disney is the fourth largest earner for Actors Equity, and uh, we've never in the country or in, in the country in we're right the country. Be- we are right behind off Broadway. So it goes, you know, production contracts, Broadway, um, the Lord agreements, off Broadway, then all Disney World. So yeah.
1: and and Lord be... is all of the Lord of the Rings productions that are
2: <laughs> the happening? Lord of. The Rings, The Lorder, the, yeah. the
1: League of Regional Theaters. Oh, okay. There it is. Because mm-hmm. I was like, you know, those all of those theaters, they're located in Middle Earth. It is really hard to try and find mm-hmm. out when the productions are. So I don't get to those shows. The Broadway
2: as well. League is run by the Lord of Tauron. Or like <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But the thing is,
1: uh, because for just for the, the tens of listeners who are not performers, actors, you have Actors' Equity Association, AEA. that is the Union of Professional Actors and Performers. And uh, the Walt Disney Company, Walt Disney World Florida, does work with uh, equity contracts. And basically, they agree to adhere to the requirements of the union as far as work conditions, scheduling, hours, all all the stuff that typically a union uh, would lay out for an employer. And... Uh, what what a what a great job for you and I'm sure you could have never ever predicted the insanity and the drama well, that the it, pandemic would bring.
2: Somebody said, "Oh, you should, you know, uh, the Disney folks need somebody to represent them, and why don't you run for council?" And I ran ran for council, and here I am, <laughs> a year and a half into this insanity. And the whole world is trying to get back to work and everybody's upset either at the union or at the the industry as a whole, or their, their neighbors for not getting vaccine. I mean, it's just, it's just been for our industry, for the world, it's, it's been a, an impossible year. And, um, but, um, you know, I've also become like an expert in unemployment and, and things like that, things to really help our community. And, um, you know, we're, we're, I'm just trying my best to kind of be there for folks during a really difficult time.
1: Hmm. That's, that's great. And you have have been, you have been wonderful. My, my report card for you is a plus as far as being the person to step into the different message boards, the different support groups on Facebook, where you're like, okay, I can tell you, this is a fact. I can tell you, this is a rumor. These are, you know, this is where I can get
2: involved. This is where I, I, I can't I'm hoping that uh, Disney will start committing more to live entertainment again, and um, we're advocating for that every single week.
1: Yeah, that's, that's great, and, uh, and we know you are. And uh, to get on my, my union soapbox a little bit, and it's no secret I'm, I'm a very uh, left-leading, tree-hugging, liberal uh, <laughs> type of person, but the, the thing that I, I try to make people understand and realize is that unions exist because at no point in history ever did a company or a corporation or a business entity stop and say, well, whatever we're doing, what is in the best interest of the people on the front lines and the workers? What can we do? We need to make that the first priority in our list. Yep. Is to make sure that we have good working conditions uh, safe working conditions, uh, competitive wages, wages that allow people to earn a living where they can <laughs> maybe make a house payment and eat a meal
2: a day. And yeah, for I, that- I've, I've been at a negotiating table where we spent, I don't know, six hours talking about how many pairs of socks an actor gets and if they should deserve clean socks. Oh so yeah. There are some really interesting, uh, things that happen at a negotiation. Yeah, so. Matthew. Matthew's like, did someone say dirty socks? <laughs> <You> <laughs> Look at that. Dirty socks.
1: But the um, so what happened was is that of course the pandemic happened, everything shut down in theaters, the entire theater world shut down for professional actors, and uh, Equity stepped up and made some blanket statements of we are not letting our union members go back to work. Unless XYZ, ABCDF conditions are met, including things at the time like testing, like masks and who was required to wear them and when. And that is, I mean, it is out of the protection for the members of the union, and it is based upon the fact that history shows that companies, even companies with the best of intentions, still fuck it up in the best of circumstances and. Don't give a shit in the worst of circumstances. Well, the
2: crazy thing at the time when, when I first started this is that our only demand, and it wasn't even a demand because we're not allowed to demand. We could just firmly request. And we were firmly requesting that Disney have weekly testing and that if if they could perform with masks, and that was such a big deal to them at the time, and yeah. since then, weekly testing is uh, they, then shortly after that they opened the testing site. So it became, it was like, Oh, we can't afford testing. That's way too much. And then all of a sudden there's a testing site on property. Yeah. They're having vaccine drives. So hmm. Hmm. all I could say is, Hmm. Oh, really? Yeah, hmm. exactly. It's hmm, how time. interesting. Yeah. yeah there's and... a lot of people that are stuck in their old ways and it takes a little bit of it. Yeah. Pushing and shoving. It's true. My favorite thing. giggity
1: (laughs) so on one side you have the union making these demands out of the safety for its members and then on the other side of course you have disney where they're like okay we don't even know if or when we're going to bring people back anyway because we don't know when we can open the parks and so you've got disney on this side and then uh, like you at one point, they called people back and then rescinded the callback. So people yeah. thought they were going to work and then they were not going to work.
2: And well, and, and that was a difficult thing because they, you know, a lot of people think that it's that it, the, it was because of the union that they rescinded the jobs. And Disney would say it was uh probably due, due to safety concerns. But yeah, uh, my gut says it was retaliatory, but. You know, we, we handled that in you know in, in some arbitration, but uh, un- unfortunately, they ruled in the company's favor, which tends to happen when you're a multi billion dollar, yeah, conglomeration.
1: Yeah, go figure. But mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, yeah, so all the the michigas that you unfortunately had to get involved in was the union wanting what it wanted for its members and Disney wanting what it wanted for its own bottom line. Because make no mistake, that is the only single first last only item on Disney's list is what is the bottom line? What is the profitability? Yeah. Uh, and then in the meantime, the union members who can't go to work and are like, well, somebody fucking do something. We get, get us back to work union, stop making all these demands. And then maybe they'll bring us back. And the union's going, but if we don't make these demands there, they could do things
2: that could be potentially dangerous to your health. This could, we're, we're trying to act in your best interest. I also joined be- or became a counselor because I want to make changes to the union itself. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of reasons why people don't join equity. And I would like to be a person that helps shift that a little bit. Yeah. Because I, 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 um, you know this. You're welcome. Welcome to share this on on the pod. Um, but the union was really there for me when I was really suffering through my my addiction issues, and and it really saved my job and it saved my career. And I wouldn't be here without the protections of a union. So um, that's why it's always been particularly um, important to me. Yeah.
1: And and again, bravo because it is very clear that you are committed to. Uh, getting the information out, making sure the flow of information is always happening. And even though I am not an actual card carrying union member working regularly under union contracts through the theme parks, I greatly appreciate uh, knowing that there's someone out there that is wanting to make sure that we all have the same information. And I appreciate it, man. And all that. So no, uh, great job. It's It's been actually really nice. Uh, to watch through the pandemic, to see you kind of step into this role, which clearly turned out to be a lot more than you ever fucking bargained for.
2: <laughs> well, I'm happy to do it, though. It's, uh, I'm, I'm in a place now where I want to be of service to people, and this has been my opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: fabulous. So, Logan Benedict, enough about you. We have to get back to the conundrum of whether Tootie is gonna get her license and how is she going to cope and survive. We have survived and are still surviving a pandemic. No, that is nothing compared to what Tootie may or may not be going through, having failed her first road test to get her driver's license. So we come back from commercial. Natalie comes home from work. Uh, She is wearing, she's wearing that uh, triangularly folded scarf over one shoulder—that was such a oh, big it was thing like in the eighties. She was it, like
2: doing her own episode of Brigadoon back there.
1: <laughs> it was. That was so popular. I remember. Uh, I remember girls in college when I was in—I was in college just around this time. That was a co- popular dress-up look. And uh, and I mean, again, you
2: were going home to Bonnie Jean.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So the deal is, it looks again, looks like she's 45, make no mistake, it is a very matronly look by today's standards. But anyway, Natalie's complaining about her check. I'm bringing this up because there is another there were of the few good, really uh, strong jokes that landed. Natalie's complaining about her paycheck. And they do the standard thing. Wow, they really hit you with all the deductions, huh? And then i think it's blair that says what does this mean breakage and natalie goes i dropped an urn already a laugh and they look at her and then the best follow-up joke nobody was in it (laughs) so somehow we get tootie in a hearse somehow yeah yeah so um so Tootie appears and she is obsessively asking everybody to drill her on all the questions that would be, uh, I guess on her written test to accompany the driving test and she's being a pain in the ass about it. And then Mrs. G and Andy come in, all of the flamingos have been painted blue and oh my gosh, the wacky, crazy scenario. The city council has banned
2: all
1: flamingo. <sighs> wouldn't so it be now, a
2: simpler time if that was the worst thing that was happening in our world right now i think this is florida banning i would dream i dream of that being the worst thing yeah. that we have to deal with so true
1: mm-hmm. um so then we get a lisa welchel brilliant comedy moment where 2d says okay hey mrs garrett i got another road test today can i take your car and Mrs. Garrett says. No, you can't. It's in the shop. I didn't know you were going to need it. And Tootie's like, well, fuck. And uh, I'm paraphrasing.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And
1: then she turns to Blair and says, Blair, please, please, please. And Blair says, Tootie, it's not that I don't trust you with my $40,000 car. I don't. But my car is a stick shift. And as my driving instructor said from day one, he said, if you take your road test on an, uh, a standard
2: stick shift car, you deserve to fail. I had to take mine with a stick shift. You had I mean, to? Well, it was the only car I had available at the time. I was it, like, it, I was that's like what a meant. 2D.
1: It wasn't that they required you to do it, but our basically our drivers, that instructor said... Take your test on an automatic. Why would not you deliberately complicate if you can't, if you don't have to do, learn how to drive a stick later. I'm not teaching you how to do that. I'm trying to teach you to learn what you have to know to get your driver's license. Yeah, so I uh, failed par- parallel parking. That was the only that and,
2: and backing around a corner.
1: Oh, so wait, 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 wait. Did, So did you fail your first driver's test?
2: No, I got an 82, which is two points away from failing. <gasps> so you but... almost pulled a 2D. Yeah, I almost pulled <laughs> pulling the d right now.
1: Hi-yo! whatever that is. I can't see below the camera level of your Zoom screen. We got a darn wicked Tootie going on here. Yeah, Matthew, did you get your license right when you were sixteen? I was trying to remember, and I just don't. I know it was a long time ago How when the Model you? T was popular. No, uh,
0: I I remember I took driver's ed, and it was a summer thing, and I I remember I I got. If you took driver's ed, you could... I took it because you could... If you took driver's ed, you got a waiver to avoid the actual driving test. Oh, mm. oh! So, so you didn't, I didn't have, have to have...
2: actually take it with the, the DMV or whatever?
0: No, I had to take the written test and that was it because I took driver's ed. If you took oh. driver's ed, you didn't have to take the driver's test,
1: so the road test as it yeah. were. Fascinating. Interesting. Yeah. My thing is, and this, this sadly, this was, this also refers back to the age discrepancy in Massachusetts. You could get your learner's permit at 15 and nine months. And I was just, I was, I was a procrastinator. Even back then, I didn't take driver's ed till my senior year when I was 17.
2: I went to uh, the Sears driving school. Sears had a driving school. First of all, remember Sears.
1: <laughs> yeah. But it was actually a Sears driving school.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Sears, now, I don't think Sears sells anything anymore, but um, at the time, yeah, I was, getting, wow. I was getting my driving on at the Sears mm-hmm. Roebuck. Wow. Yeah.
1: Well, here's the thing. I was 17 when I got my driver's license. Why couldn't Tootie have been 17? Why couldn't she have said, I've been putting it off? Tootie lives in DC, and she lives and goes to boarding school. Or
2: she it's was like- 19 or 14. We don't really know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know
1: but the writers clearly don't Uh, anyway. Yeah. Tootie finally turns to Natalie because Joe doesn't have a car. Blair won't let her use her car. Mrs. Garrett's car is not available. So Tootie turns to Natalie and says, do something. And Natalie's like, what the fuck do you expect me to do? And she's like, I don't know. You you, you can't borrow a car from somewhere. And Tootie plays the best friend card. I chose you to be my best friend. Can't you do something? Cut to a shot of a hearse being driven down the street while we hear Chuck Berry's riding along in an automobile. And I, I think, like, I, it didn't occur to me that Natalie's job was going to come back it did not occur to me because so many of them in past episodes have been a throwaway. So 2D driving in the hearse, and then you hear her say, so this is what you meant by a company car. And Natalie's response is, did I lie? And that's what the rest of the show pretty much is, is all of the comedy that can come from taking a driving test in a hearse. Was there actually a body in the hearse? They made jokes about it, but I wasn't actually sure. No, there was not a body in the hearse, but because Natalie couldn't be away from the car, Natalie goes into the back, and then the driving instructor, uh, they call him the inspector, by the way. Inspector <laughs> is the character name. And uh, they have him <laughs> come in, and then the phone rings. They have a car phone in this hearse. That's some expensive high tech shit for 1985. But the handle
2: was like a payphone handle. Like I thought it would still be the kind of square ones, but it was. I like agree. A- yeah
1: it should have looked more like the field phone square boxy yeah that's what i was thinking oh well props fail writers but when the phone rings tootie is she's doing her road test she's like hello uh please hold and she reaches back it's for you and then natalie comes from the back and the inspector does not know someone is in the back his reaction is fucking
2: hilarious I was and confused why he was saying, "Well, you, there can't be another person in here."
1: I don't know. Was
2: that is that actually a, a law? Can you not can, they, can you not have a, a second person in there during road test? Uh, we had to have a guardian there. My dad had to be in the back seat for all those touchy inspectors out yeah, there. Yeah, getting a little handsy. They
0: were, they were afraid poor little David was going to get molested. <laughs>
2: Mo Lester. Mo Lester. <laughs> I gross knew a like kid this. who actually had a, a hearse in high school and it was like his shagging wagon.
1: Natty was grossed out by that. Why? Why is that gross you out? Dead yeah. people.
0: I'm I'm scared of dead people. I, I'm afraid of dead people. And hearses are creepy. Dead people are creepy. So like it was funny when Natalie like poked her head out and like scared Tootie and everything. But yeah, hearses weird me out and like are gross, like coffins. No, thank you. Um, dead people. No, thank you. I'm not even, even ghosts. Well, yeah, but I don't want dead people around me. <laughs> like the actual cadaverous body. I don't that want makes sense. around me like and it's all and I don't go to funerals at all. And, yeah. and it's because when I was about six, I was dragged to this awful funeral and my parents made me walk up to the coffin. And while I was up on, by the coffin, the guy was saying there, he has hands on his like cross like this while he was laying there, his hand fell and went like that. Oh, <laughs> no. I, oh, no. About shit myself. I started crying and <clears throat> anyway. So, yeah, yeah I don't like dead
2: people. I've only seen one open casket, and it was—it's weird. They don't <clears throat> yeah. look like real people anymore.
1: Well, it it
2: depends. It depends what state their
1: body was in when they died. It's 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 again. It's like what do you have to work with? We had a lot of open casket funerals in in my family growing up, and well, that's sort
2: of a New England thing. Is like the whole the yeah yeah like Irish Catholic thing.
1: But like, I remember one of my uncles. It looked it it did look like he was sleeping. It looked great, like. They, whatever they did to make the skin tone and the color, he looked wonderful. Uh, My grandmother, uh, they had her in, it was a hot pink dress and they gave her a hot pink lip Mm -hmm. that matched. It was like, okay, I'm looking at my grandmother in a dress that I would never have seen her in wearing a, a lip color maybe i was a little gay then wearing a lip color i know she Ooh, never got dead liked.
2: with this lip liner
1: <laughs> ha ha funeral talk
2: Woo-hoo! funeral talk
1: <laughs> let's talk about the actor who plays the inspector shall we please the wonderful character actor richard mckenzie That's M-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E. He has 96 credits in a 41-year career, many, many one-offs. There's only one series I can find that he was a part of from 1982 to 83. So prior to this, he was one of the regulars on the sitcom called It Takes Two, which was the show about Patty Duke and Richard Crenna as uh, an older career-minded couple trying to keep their marriage going, but also keep their careers going. And it also starred Helen Hunt and Anthony Edwards very early in their careers. But the big thing that the show is notable for is I believe it took place in Chicago. So in the living room set, there were windows and you could see the skyscrapers outside. And then when they walked across the set, and swung through the door into the kitchen golden girls kitchen really exact identical set it was clearly they just took it and used it for the golden girls and said put some palm trees in the windows and we're in miami now we're now in a bungalow Mm -hmm. so uh yeah that's the the same
2: pink flamingos i'm sure
1: Very possible. Yeah. It takes two was the only series. Everything else he did were one-offs, but I mean 95 of them in a 41-year career. That is one hell of a of a run.
2: And bravo to him. And he's magnificent. He's the perfect. I actually thought he was really funny. And yeah, it, it, funny, not over the top, but over the top enough that it was, you know, obviously a comedy scene. I, I thought he, his his energy was right in that sweet spot. Yeah, it was a it was a Bob Newhart kind of an
1: energy. Yeah, it was a very, very funny, but very low key deadpan natural. Yeah, great, great performance. I love him on this. He's beautiful. And the only other thing that happens is uh, they pass by. Apparently some people who are broken down and he's like, well, go around them. And Tootie's like, "Um, excuse me, doesn't the driver's manual say that we should be cautious and considerate and help our fellow motorists? Cut to a family of three, mother, father, son, squeezed into the front seat, along with the inspector and Tootie and Natalie poking her head through the backs. We have got six people in this one shot of the front seat of the hearse. That's the body in the back plus the no 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 there's nobody oh excuse me uh so yes and uh so they've got them all crammed in there and they take them and drop them off at a gas station uh by the way the mother the woman uh actress's name is laura waterbury she was in better off dead that same year who which part that's one of my favorite movies she's ricky's mom she's no the way. she's the one who when i forget what the circumstances but she lights goes to light a cigarette and mm-hmm. the house
2: explodes and well, then we she just, drinks the um the lighter, lighter fluid blue some sort of lighter fluid
1: she doesn't have that many credits but that was just the notable like when you look at her if you watch it again i watched the second time i was like oh my god that's her that's and fun. then The other two, the actor who plays the husband, Paul Nesbitt, doesn't really have anything notable. You can IMDb him yourselves. And then the child, Derek, who almost puts his gum on the dashboard. And they're like, Jake, don't put that there. Uh, His name is, I'm sorry, Derek, don't put that there. The actor is Jake Jundiff. And uh, he would go on to be on 27 episodes of the one season wonder show called Brooklyn Bridge which ran from 91 to 93. And from what I gather, it looked like it was trying to be a 1950s version of the Wonder Years. Oh. Which the Wonder Years was a 60s throwback Wasn't that also
2: in the 90s as well? So like they had a, basically they had a 50s version of the Wonder Years in the same decade?
1: Yeah, because Wonder Years started in like 88. Right. And Brooklyn Bridge started in 91 so it was just that what nostalgia still big do it we have that 70s show we
2: got that 60s show make a 50s show it's uh if we were to do that wonder years today it'd be like the 90s which would be mm -hmm. depressing yeah no i can't (laughs) we have enough to be depressed about yeah i was an adult in the 90s so then we get
1: to um more driving around oh and one of the funny other funny moments using the soundtrack um we had the chuck berry song but then (laughs) As they go around, once the the guy is aware, the inspector is aware about it really being a hearse, and uh, we get the wonderful song called Dead Man's Curve by Jan and Dean. So then we get back to the house. Tootie comes running in. I got it. She got her license. Oh, isn't that great? We all celebrate. And final button to our B story. Andy says, well, to show you how excited I am and happy, I got you a present. And it's a flamingo, but it's painted red and it has fur and like a friggin' raccoon's tail glued to it. It is, it is hideous. It's <laughs> zany. And they think that they're going <laughs> to sell that in the store. That's so wacky why would they do that uh and then uh yeah and then we hear (laughs) beach boys fun 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 as we watch the hearse drive away and then uh over the end credits we have now andy behind the drivers uh andy in the driver's seat in the garage and tootie teaching him what she already knows because tootie is now the expert and uh and that wraps up uh the the episode boys
0: Overall I thoughts, thought it, final thoughts? I thought it was a very fun episode. I enjoyed it a lot. I laughed a couple times out loud. I like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took, me, it took me back to my, my, my driving, my learning driving days. Mm-hmm. Back, in and, those, back in my 19 to 14 year old days. We don't know my age. The, we <laughs> well, it's weird. They de-aged you
1: two years, your junior year in college. And I'm not sure what that was
2: about it was uh, all because i failed spanish class one it's muy guapo (laughs) so i i wasn't
1: mad at it either i thought this was cute as far as you know we we do have some show bible moments the car is is pretty problematic the age issue is borderline life-threatening in its devastation level but
2: other than that it was fun it was a fun little frolic for a season 7 show. Do you ever get to the end of these episodes and just absolutely hate the episode? That's the real question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need yeah. to listen more often. I want to I want to hear the hate episodes. Oh, there are many. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk about I don't know if we ever
1: actually talked about this. Well, I'm
0: interested to know and as a straight boy, um like you know these two queens were watching facts of life and shit what were you watching as the young handsome little
2: straight boy well you, you know it's funny for a, a, a young handsome straight boy like myself I actually loved the golden girls oh and I don't really it, and I, I've i been trying to reflect on why I love the golden girls and I I think there was just sort of like a a motherly sweet energy that i liked about them
0: Girls, straight boys will pay extra if you let them call you mommy <laughs> uh, i have learned this from my camming days mm-hmm. um ugh, girl girls gotta eight, eat so
2: yeah and wow 80s um i, I was in loved a macgyver um oh my Magi- okay sure that's uh, there's a straight guy show yeah i mentioned yeah. that I, I watched a lot of um Of uh, bonanza reruns, bonanza, very
0: very butch.
2: Yeah,
1: there 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 were no women on that show. Okay, so those you know I'm not
2: gonna lie, Golden Girls, pretty gay there, pretty gay. Um, But But, and also the entire uh, TGIF lineup, which was early '90s, I believe. Oh, that's like you know, like the Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, Family Matters the dinosaurs step-by-step oh yeah was was growing pains on that too no growing pains was its own thing that was like on tuesdays or something but i I would say in terms of obsessions i was obsessed with um with perfect strangers for some reason with balky bartokamas well apparently my friend uh because i did a lot of theater in seattle um uh bronson pinch show Did Mm -hmm. um, anything goes out there? Oh, well,
0: anything goes at any party he was at. (laughs) Mother. Oh, and apparently he's
2: apparently he's a pain in the ass from what I've heard. Well, some people
0: call it sex, but that's it. That's what it (laughs) took. That's what it took for him to, you know, so to speak, get off, I guess. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's a dirty, dirty dirty pig okay wow show. how about how about we um how about we wrap this up on this on this lovely uh, light and
2: frothing you note? wouldn't wrap it up that's what i heard no, no. god no. Raw dog no. okay well logan i am so
1: happy we got you back two years was way too long and we need to get together and
2: hang out though you don't live near me anymore you went and moved you have abandoned me Well, and I actually, I still owe you because the one time I was out there, you loaned me a Santa hat, which got me cast in a Florida lottery Santa commercial.
1: That's right. You do owe me.
2: I owe you. Damn it. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for giving us
1: the time. And uh, seriously, let's get together. I want to get together, hang out. We should do something. Please. And uh, I know where you live.
2: I'm going to come put some blue flamingos in your yard.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Until next time, my darling, we're so happy we get to talk to you. Smooches and goodbye. Smooches. Thank you. And there you have it. That was Logan Benedict. So fun to have him back on the show. So here's a funny thing. Remember last week we were talking about Natalie complaining about going skiing in the the Christmas episode, how it's like you're planning to go skiing, but all you're doing is complaining about it and planning to get hurt. I forgot that in the previous episode where Logan was the guest, the New York, New York episode... Same thing. As Blair and Joe are getting ready to go to New York on one of their long break weekends, uh, Natalie and Tootie were planning to go skiing. And Natalie was doing the same thing. Talking about being worried of getting hurt. And uh, on the show, I reverenced the same Buddy Hackett routine. That's clearly on my brain. Uh, But yeah, and I forget if it was Blair or Mrs. Garrett who uh, reminded Natalie that if she were to get injured, uh, very likely the handsome strapping ski instructor would have to carry her back to get medical attention, and uh, horny Natalie, she was in. She's like, good, let's do this. So, there it is. Now looking ahead to next week... I'm going to be watching Season 7, Episode 15, called Stakeout Blues. And joining me and Matthew is our friend and returning guest, funny guy, actor, improviser, Garen Jones. You can watch the show ahead for free at dailymotion.com or on the Roku channel. I will post the links in the show notes and on this episode's webpage. That is all for now. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. And remember, the Facts of Life are all about you.
0: Let's Face the Facts was created, produced, written, hosted, and edited by the wonderful David Almeida. Our theme song was beautifully arranged and recorded by Ned Wilkinson. Please visit facethefactspod.com for supplemental photos and videos, links to social media, and ways that you can support the show. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. This is Matthew Arder saying tune in again next week for another thrilling episode of Let's Face the Facts.